glad to be back though, man. It was uh, good. I was actually, I was in the back of the room worshiping with you guys. And uh, let me just say this. I love worshiping at Journey Church. I mean, I, get, I love getting to visit other places. But watching you guys worship blesses my heart, man. I'm just telling you, it's just such a good thing. So it's good to be home. And uh, good to be back, and uh, and so I want to say thank you to all the guys that have been teaching for the last three or four weeks. They've done an incredible job, and uh, John Bowman just did a phenomenal job last week talking about the simplicity of the gospel. Amen. Was that good? Talking about good uh, illustrations. I'm sitting there going, man, those are some great illustrations. And so it was just, it's just been good. You know, it was great to have some time with family and get to connect with my oldest son and uh, his fiance and we had a blast Laurie and I got to travel a little bit so it was good it's been a great time but man it's always good to be back and to be a part of the fellowship part of the body of Christ and so it's good to be here and so uh, if you're watching this online welcome we're uh, we're glad that you're joining us in that way and today we're kicking off a new series and I really enjoyed the last series and like I said I enjoyed getting to hear some of our guys teach and man I love those guys and they're just the different styles and the different passions that they bring and really that's what we're going to be talking about today is how God uses all of us to do incredible things and to help build up the body of Christ and to help build up the church. And so every one of us in this room that is a believer has been given a spiritual gift. And we're going to be talking about that and kind of unpacking what are those spiritual gifts over the next few weeks. And so maybe for some of you, you go, you know what, man, I don't know what my spiritual gift is. What? We want to help you discover that, but the Holy Spirit is what gives that gift. And uh, so we want to we want to kind of walk through the, the scriptures. That's really what we want to dig into is God's word. And what does God's word say about these things? Because God's word says that the church is empowered. We as the believers are empowered. And uh, we want to we want to know what that looks like. And we want to understand that. And so that's what today's message is, is is talking about understanding our spiritual gifts. And there's a lot of misunderstanding I feel like that is out there. You know, when it comes to spiritual gifts, and we you know we all come from different backgrounds. I think about even here at the Journey Church, we're like a melting pot. Um, I say this often, you know, we have people from all kinds of backgrounds. We have people from Baptist backgrounds and Methodist backgrounds and Catholic backgrounds and Pentecostal backgrounds and Church of God and Assembly of God, and you can just go on and on. And, and it's like God just brings all these different people together, and uh, that's a beautiful thing. You know, and so when God brings us all together, you know, we got to find, hey, what is that common ground? What is the thing that we, we stand on? And, and I would say it is the Word of God. That is where we stand is on the Word of God. And so Jesus, who is the Word who became flesh, he is our focus, Right? But we build and our foundation has to be the Word of God. And so I want us to move through the series and prayerfully we're going to understand spiritual gifts. And I'll be honest with you, man, I didn't understand it for a long time. And so even in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 here, Paul is writing to the church at Corinth. He makes this statement. Look at what he says. He says, now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the, uh, the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. So we weren't, we're, I'm not the only one and you're not the only one that's ever maybe said, hey, man, I don't really understand this. He's writing to the church at Corinth there. Who at Corinth, you know, the church had kind of gotten out of, out of control in some ways, and he was having to address some things. And we see some pictures of church discipline taking place there. But what we really see is him say, hey, I want you guys to understand how God is at work here. And so that's what we are praying for. We're asking God, God, show us what our gifts are. God, show us how you want to work in us and through us and how you can use each one of us as believers to help build up the church, to help build up the body of Christ. I watched yesterday, and I, and I love like VBS type stuff, and, and one big day yesterday, it was almost like one VBS in one day, and it was incredible, and Pastor Nate was using some of his gifts. He just has a passion for, young, for children, and man, I just watched him just love on these kids and just connect with them. He was in his element. Man, he did a phenomenal job. And then I watched other people, you know, just adults here that were like, you know what, I want to be here, and I want to help, and I want to serve, and they were serving in so many different ways, out in the heat 
with the water games, all kinds of stuff. But they were serving and they were, they were using their spiritual gifts to help build up the body of Christ. And, and there were multiple decisions. Now, there was a lot of kids that probably raised their hand because, hey, you know, she raised her hand, I'm raising my hand. But there was a couple of professions of faith yesterday and a couple of children. How awesome is that, right? Let's give it up for God on that. And there's some others that are asking questions and going wanting to know more about, hey, Jesus knows my name. And he knows me and he loves everybody. I want to know more. And so you've got these children that are asking those questions. That's the way it should be. We should be sowing seed and planting seed among them, right? And, and using our gifts to do that, to build up the body of Christ. And so here, like I said, Paul has made it clear. He goes, I, I want you to understand. So let's talk about what a spiritual gift is. It's an ability given by the Holy Spirit to express our faith effectively for the building up of the body of Christ and also for building up another's faith. So we are to build up one another, to strengthen one another with these spiritual gifts. And so yesterday, whenever I, I was around, I was, and that's kind of what I was doing, I was kind of roaming around. I was watching, and I was watching people use their spiritual gifts to help build up the body of Christ, even though they're serving children, even though they're taking care of little ones. I'm watching them use their gifts to help build up the body of Christ. And, man, I'm thankful for those people. I, I'm telling you, I'm thankful for them. So here's a spiritual gift. It's an ability given by the Holy Spirit. And understand, it's not something that you just know how to do. Like, you know, you might say, well, you know, hey, I know how to, I'm really good at math. That's not a spiritual gift, I'm just telling you. Uh, you know, it seemed like it was because I never got that gift, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but maybe you're good at some things and you've got some talents and you've got some abilities, but they're not a spiritual gift. And so I want us to understand, hey, what are the differences? Because a lot of times people say, well, you know, they can sing really well, so they have, they have a spiritual gift. No, they just have the ability to sing. And when I watch, like, you know, The Voice or, you know, America, you know America's Got Talent, whatever, it blows your mind how many people can sing really well. I didn't get that gift, you know what I'm saying, or that, or that talent. I didn't get that ability. But, man, some people can sing amazing. You know, when I listen to Julie and Eric and them out here singing, I'm going like, man, God has just, you know, he has blessed them with a talent, with an ability, but it's not their spiritual gift. And so we got to go, how do we understand what are the differences there? And that's what I think Scripture does. It gives us what those differences are. So that's what a spiritual gift is. And so the first place that we see the Bible talking about for spiritual gifts is in Romans. And this is Paul writing to the church at Rome there. And he's addressing this. So Paul is teaching, and at times he's admonishing them. And he's saying, hey, listen, man, you need to use these spiritual gifts. But all time, at times he's rebuking them. He's saying, hey, listen, man, you don't need to be uh, you know, doing these things out of order. He says, so I long to visit you so I can bring you some spiritual gift that will help you grow strong in the Lord. So what he's saying, he goes, God has given me a spiritual gift. And I want to bring the spiritual gift to help build up, to make you stronger, to help you be encouraged, to edify you, to, to lift you up, to prop you up, to, link, you know, to push you towards being more for God. That's what he's saying. And then look at what he says here. He says, when we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith, but I also want to be encouraged by yours. And what he's saying, hey, listen, he goes, man, I want to use my spiritual gifts to help build you up to encourage you, to affirm you, you know, and, and to help you become stronger in your faith. He said, but I'm also looking forward to you using your gifts, right? He said, hey, listen, I want to see you use your gifts to encourage me and to affirm me and to build up my, my faith. Now, here's a guy that got shot full of holes regularly, right? I mean, here is, here's Apostle Paul who, man, was put in prison. He was snake bit. He was shipwrecked. I mean, he could just go on and on. This guy needed to be encouraged. This guy needed to be propped up every once in a while and say, hey, listen, man, I've got your back. I'm behind you. I believe in you. And, man, we, we see God's hand on you. And sometimes we need people in our life like that, right, that can speak those things over us. And so what Paul is saying, hey, listen, man, I want to use my spiritual gifts to help strengthen you. I want to, I want to strengthen you. He said, and whenever I get there and we get together, I want to see God use, you know, using your spiritual gifts through you to encourage me. 
And so that's what they're for, is these spiritual gifts are to make a difference in the lives of others. So Paul is going there to use his spiritual gifts to strengthen them as the Holy Spirit leads. And so he's going, he said, God, I want, you to, I want you to show me how I can use the gift that you've given me to help build up the body of Christ, to help encourage one another. And God, I just want to honor you in that. And so that's what we, we should have that mentality. So when you showed up today, it wasn't, hey, you know what? I'm going to go sit in the, in the pew and I'm going I'm to get a donut maybe, a little coffee, and I'm just going to kind of get a quick nap in, you know, because, you know, when Mike teaches, sometimes it's the best time to sleep. That, that, hopefully that's not what you're here for, right? But you're going, you know what, man, I want to encourage someone today. I want to use my spiritual gift to help build up the body of Christ while we're together. That's what he said, right? Paul said, hey, when we get together, man, I want to edify. I want to build up. I want to encourage. I want to strengthen. And so I want to ask you, when you showed up today, did you show up with that mentality? To go, you know, who can I affirm today? Who can I encourage today? Who can I build up today? Who can I strengthen today in their faith? And maybe it's just the words, hey, listen, man, I want you to know I was praying for you. I got a text this morning from a couple of different people saying, hey, listen, I want you to know, Pastor Mike, I'm praying for you. One of them said, hey, welcome back. We're so glad to have you back. And I'm going, you know what? That encouraged me. And said, man, this is what I'm praying for. And they begin to list out the things they're praying for. And I'm like, man, how cool is that? You know, and, and so there are people that will send messages or texts. Hey, listen, I just want you to know I'm praying for you. And I'm praying for God to use you. I'm praying for God to speak through you. And that, what that does, that builds up my faith in what Jesus can do through me because he's already told them to pray for me. So I feel like that God has told them to pray. And so therefore I feel like, you know what? God's in this thing. Does that make sense? And so we strengthen one another. So Paul is going there to use his spiritual gifts to strengthen them as the Holy Spirit leads. So when you showed up today, did you ask that? Or maybe if you're watching online, you're asking, hey, God, how can you use my spiritual gifts today to strengthen someone's faith, to encourage them, to affirm them, you know, to just walk with them, or sometimes maybe just to listen to them. And, and so we have to ask, God, I want, I want to know what these spiritual gifts are so I can do these things. It's not about what we get, but what we can do to strengthen others. So oftentimes what we do is we get so focused on, hey, what is my gift, right? It's, it's kind of like at Christmas, you're going, what do, I, what do I get, you know? It's all about what do I get. And so oftentimes what we do as believers is we get so fixed and so focused on what we're getting that we forget it's about giving it away. We want to know, hey, what is my spiritual gift? And we're so focused on that, and we get focused on the wrong things. We're going to be focused on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And then the Holy Spirit will reveal what our spiritual gifts are as we are doing what Jesus has taught us to do in his word. So as we are living out our faith, as we're following his teaching, that's what Jesus told us to do. You know, the world's going to know that you're my followers by your love for one another and the fact that you follow my what? My teaching. So as we're doing those things, we're going to discover what our spiritual gifts are. As we are doing those things, God will reveal it. The Holy Spirit will make it clear. This is your spiritual gifts. And hey, listen, I want you to operate in those spiritual gifts. And what happens is it may be that, you know, you know everybody has certain gifts. But the thing is, is there are some that we're just, you know, we're more effective, more impactful in those areas. And it's just the hand of God. And we have to go, you know what, that is the Holy Spirit working in me and working through me. It's not me. I don't, I don't bring enough to the table. And I told you guys, you know, there's so many times when I go, you know, that is not, that's not me. That is what God does in me and through me. That's just a gift that he has given. And, and so we've got to be willing to say, God, help me to stay focused on strengthening others and not about what my gift is. And too often what we do is we, we want to know what the gift is and so that we can say, hey, this is what I'm getting for me. You're not getting it for you. You're getting it for you to use in the lives of other people and to help build up the body of Christ, right? Do I get that? It's not about you. It's another time. It's not about you. It's about, it's about giving it away. And so gifts are given to be given. 
given to be given away. And so we get this gift. And so whatever that spiritual gift may be, maybe it's teaching. It's, you need to be teaching. Maybe it's to uh, you're an encourager, man. You need to be encouraging. And it's not that you, hey, well, I need to be encouraged. No, no, you need to encourage others. And the more that we bless others, the more that we give to others, the more that we serve others, the more that we are in turn blessed by the Spirit. And that's what happens is the more that I give away, the more that I bless others, the more that I, my needs are met. And so we've got to have that mentality. God, show me how I can serve. God, show me how I can bless others. And God, show me how I can encourage them, how I can affirm them, how I can build them up. And so again, it goes back to let's give it away. It's not something I'm going to hoard and hold on to and tell everybody what I got, but I'm going to give it away. So as a follower of Jesus, we're to seek to die to self daily, right? And sometimes that's moment by moment. And so it's going, you know, it's not about me. It it really is about loving God. You know what? The, the, The greatest commandment is to love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, right? With everything that's in us. So every ounce of our fiber is to love God. And if we'll love God, man, it'll make all these other relationships right. It'll, it'll begin to reveal the things that we need to do, the things we need to die to. And, and so here's the thing. As a follower of Christ, we're saying, you know what? Lord, help me to die to self. It's not about me. It's not about what I want. It's what I, not about what I need. God, I know that you will meet my need. I trust you to do that. But God, I want you to show me how I can die to myself, and I want you to show me how I can serve and love the people around me. Help me to meet their needs. Help me to meet their needs. And, and so Scripture is clear that we're to love God and love others, Right? So we're to love God with everything that's in us and to love your neighbor as yourself. So that's, Jesus said that's the greatest two, two commandments, right? The greatest is to love God with everything that's in you. He, he's just making it clear. And he said, and the second is just like, man, you love your neighbor as yourself. It doesn't talk about loving ourselves and, you know, worshiping ourselves and making it about us and, you know, being self-centered and self-absorbed and all that stuff. It's about loving God and loving others. Loving God and loving others. That's really how we're supposed to live, right? And, and so if we live that way, then we, we have that mentality of, you know what, I'm giving my gifts, I'm giving my abilities, I'm giving my talents, I'm giving everything that I have to God. And I'm saying, God, here I am, use me. I don't, I don't feel like I have a whole lot to bring to the table, but what I do have, I'm giving it to you, and I'm surrendering it to you, and I want you to use it to help build up your kingdom. Father, it's about you. And so that's the mentality we got to have. And then say, God, your kingdom is the people, the people that you love. And so, God, I want to love them the way that you love them. And I want to serve them, and I, I want to be there for them. And God, I want, I want to love them, and I want to serve them. And that's what, that's what we should have as a mentality. And say, God, help me to love the people around me. And a lot of times what we do is we tolerate people, and oftentimes we even hate people. But God says you're to love them. This past week or yesterday, whenever one big day, one of the songs they, they sang with the kids was talking about, the, you know, God knows my name, and he loves everyone. And, and, and Nate and the team did a great job of teaching how God loves everyone. doesn't matter what your color is, what your size is, whether you're tall or short or whatever. God loves everyone. I mean, and he wants a relationship with us through his son, Jesus Christ, by faith. And so we're to love God and love others. That's, that's what we do. I, I love this statement. I, I heard it earlier this week. It's by John Piper. It says, the church should be the humblest and the happiest fellowship on the face of the earth. That's what it should be, Right? If we're using our gifts, if we're focused on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, if we're applying the text, the the word of God to our life, if we're living in accordance with what Jesus has taught, that's what the church should be. But most of us know that's not what it always looks like. But it should be the most humble place. There's humility. But let me tell you, pride destroys most churches. Gossip, pride, I mean, you could just go on and on, but pride is right there. 
pride gets in the way and, you know, we become arrogant, we become prideful, we, be, we start thinking too highly of ourselves. And man, Scripture is constantly trying to beat that back and knock that back. But what we do is we, we, we're not humble and oftentimes we're not happy. Now, I tell people sometimes, I feel like I'm teaching to people sometimes that look like they've been winged on pickle juice. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they look like sour pusses out there. And you're going, man, we should be happy. Man, and, and when we really kind of get our mind around how blessed we are and how much God has done for us and what he has done to provide the way of salvation through his son Jesus, man, we ought to wake up every day with a smile on our face and go, you know what, God, I am blessed. I've got another day to breathe. I've got another day to serve you. I've got another day to serve my family. I've got another day to make a difference in the lives of people. I've got another day to share the gospel. Man, man, I'm telling you, John Bowman did such a great job of reminding us how important it is to share the gospel and how simple it is. And there's nobody in this room that can say, well, man, I don't really know how to share the gospel. If you were here last week, then you know how to share the gospel. And so here's the thing, have you done it? We know what to do oftentimes, we just don't do it, right? And, and so if we know what to do and we do it, then here's the thing, that's a good picture of what the church could be like. But too often, we still make it about self, and it's still about what I want, and it's still about me, and it's not about the kingdom of God, and it's not about God himself, and it's not about his people it's about what I want, and, and that's why it's, the church is oftentimes selfish and prideful and broken and divisive rather than unified. So my prayer for today is, God, you know, help us as a church to be unified, that we'd be, we would be one, focused on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And so here's the thing. There's, there's two camps on spiritual gifts, two camps of mentalities, or two different types of mentalities. And let me just say this. Both of these camps, I believe, love Jesus. I believe they are Christians. But it's different mentalities when it comes to the spiritual gifts. And, uh, and so I want to kind of cover both of them, and I'll kind of explain the best I can. But let me just tell you, this is an ongoing debate that's been going on for years and years. I'm not going to solve it, I can promise you that. But I do want you to be aware, and I want you to, be, I want you to have understanding of what the two camps of thought are, if you would. So here's the first one. A cessationist is someone who believes that certain spiritual gifts, typically those of a more overtly supernatural neighbor, neighbor, nature, ceased to be given by God to the church sometime late in the first century A.D. So in other words, that would be like the gift of, of tongues or the gift of languages or the gift of miracles or the gift of healings. You've got certain people that would say, you know, I don't believe that that still happens anymore. We can look in the Bible and see there's no question whatsoever that it happened in the Bible. But I'm not so sure I believe that that still happens. I'm not sure that's really, that's really real or really of God. And some of this we, we, we believe because... It's the tradition we grew up in, or it was the teaching that we sat under, you know, and so that's, that's a, called a cessationist, and that's what they believe. They believe that, you know, the, God can still work miracles, I mean, because they pray for miracles, they pray for God to heal family members and stuff like that, but they don't believe in some of the miracles, and definitely not in a miracle worker, like, uh, like what you would see, but they believe that God can still form miracle, perform miracles, and so a cessationist would say that the, those gifts have ceased or stopped, all right, so here's, here's the second camp. A, continuation, a continuationist believes that the spiritual gifts have continued un, unabated since the day of Pentecost and that today's church has, uh, has access to all the spiritual gifts mentioned in the Bible. All right, so, so you've, got a, you've got a group that says, hey, listen, I don't believe that happens anymore. And you've got a group over here that says, I believe that they continue, that God is still the God of the Old Testament and the New Testament. And God is still doing what he, he, he did back then. We believe that. And so what happens is we, we end up lining up in one of these two camps. And, um, and what we have to ask ourselves is, you know, what does Scripture say? It doesn't matter what your opinion was or, or you know, how you were raised. Uh, to be honest with you, there's a lot of things that we were raised to do that were wrong. 
You know, so I, I was raised Baptist. Uh, my, my background is Baptist, and so I went to the most dead Baptist church that if somebody raised their hand in worship like you guys did a while ago, we'd all be like, that dude got a question? I mean, what's going on over there, you know? I mean, it was a very dead Baptist church. I was not a believer, uh, it, but it was a very dead Baptist church. And, uh, you know, and later found out some of the reasons why it was so dead. But the thing is, it was, it was dead as a hammer. And then I ended up going to another Baptist church where, man, it was alive. The Spirit of God was just powerful in that place. People were getting saved left and right. And I ended up coming to know Christ and, and surrendering my life to Christ at that church. And so, so it was like life, it was like here was a church with no life, dead as a hammer. And here's a church that was, you know, it, man, it was full of life. But they were cessationists as well, I would say. And, and so I had a friend of mine that, you know, he went to, his dad was a pastor in the Assembly of Gods and Church of God, or in another friend who his was in Church of God. And so I would visit their churches not for anything spiritual. Let me be clear. It was for girls and for go out and eat pizza after church. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's, that's why I went. And, and so he would say, hey, listen, man, are you coming to church for midnight on Sunday night? We would go there. And I would be like, yeah, man, let's go. And so there's lots of pretty girls there. So I would go there. Nothing wrong with God using those to get you in church, right? And, and so I, I got, I don't believe in missionary dating at all. So let me be clear. But God will kind of lure you in sometimes. And so I'm there for those wrong reasons. You know, I'm there for those wrong reasons. And so I remember the first night I'm sitting there. And all of a sudden, a guy sitting beside me starts speaking in tongues. And I'm like, what is going on? I mean, I'm, I'm like freaking out, you know. And I lean over to my buddy Tony and I say, hey, listen, dude, I'm going to go out and get some water. And he was like, he's not going to hurt you. And I'm like, dude, I don't know what's going on, man. It's wigging me out. I wasn't a believer at all. Keep that in mind. And so he goes, just don't move. And I'm like, and I'm like, I'm not, you know, I'm scared to death. And anyway, so the guy, you know, he, he's speaking in tongues. It's, weir- it's weirding me out, man. And then, you know, and a few minutes later, the service is over. And I walked up to him. I'm like, what was that, dude? And so he kind of explains it to me. And like I said, I'm not a believer, uh, you know, and had, had no interest in any of that. But it scared me to death. And there's a reason that it scared me because some of it was not in line with what Scripture would say is right. And, and so, so anyway, so later I became aware of what the spiritual gifts are and how they work and, and different things like that. And just so you guys know where I stand, I'm, I, I'm not a cessationist where I believe it is ended. And that may, some of you guys may go, all right, I don't really trust Mike anymore. I'm just telling you, I believe that whenever we look into Scripture, we cannot say that it has. But I will say this too. Let me, let me be clear. I want to share this with you. There has been abuse on both sides of the debate, and the pendulum can swing way too far in both directions. Let me be clear what I mean with that. There are some who say, hey, listen, all of that has ended, and, they're, and, they're, and they're really their heart is to defend the Bible and to protect the Bible. And then you've got some who've taken it way too far the other direction to where it's abusive. And there's some people that don't want to have anything to do with church because, you know, it's all fake. It's just a bunch of baloney, you know, and all this. And so you have too far distances, but I'm just telling you, if we stay planted on the word of God, I feel like God's word is pretty clear. You know what? That he still performs miracles. And I actually experienced some of that this past week. I had someone call me. You know, I had a friend of mine who his, his son, uh, their, their son was in, uh, he had a jaw surgery. And he was put in and they did a surgery. And for whatever reason, man, his head began to swell like you wouldn't believe. And they had the swelling. They couldn't figure it out. And so I even posted on Facebook asking friends to be praying for uh, Rusty and Mandy's son, Russ. And uh, they couldn't figure it out, and they were trying to figure out, hey, man, what is going on? They went through everything, allergists, all kinds of things, every kind of doctor you can imagine. They had people all over the country trying to figure out what's going on with this kid. And so we started praying for a miracle, and, 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 uh, and anyway, they were about to have to go in and take out everything they had done for his jaws and stuff, and they were going to, literally, they thought they were going to have to put a trach in just for this kid to be able to breathe because uh, he was intubated, and they just couldn't get everything, to, they couldn't figure it out. And he's swelling. 
and, and they felt like they're losing him. And, uh, and so anyway, so I called Rusty and I said, hey, man, I just want to pray with you, dude. I said, uh, he said, well, they're back there uh, right now. And, and I, so I prayed with Rusty. We had, a, we had a, man, just a powerful time of, of prayer. I said, I just want you to know, man, we're praying for a miracle. I'm believing for a miracle. And, and so anyway, so Rusty ends up going, you know, they, they go in. And Rusty calls me back a few minutes later. He goes, dude, you're not going to believe this. He said, I, I'm, I'm walking through the, uh, the hospital. I couldn't sit there while they were doing this. He said, so I'm walking around the hospital. And this gentleman stops me. He says, hey, listen. He said, I don't know if I'm going to offend you. He said, but the Holy Spirit told me to tell you that if you will speak healing over your son, God will hear your voice. So Rusty, whew, just telling me it was powerful. Rusty begins to pray right there. His wife comes running down the hall, Rusty, Rusty, and starts telling him, hey, they got everything out. He's breathing on his own. And, and it was just, I'm telling you, you might say, well, that's a small miracle. It's a miracle, dude. And so that kid is literally going through a progression. And he's had a couple of seizures because they're taking him all over this, off of all the sedation that he's been on. But, man, I'm telling you, it's just to hear Rusty's like, you know what? That was God speaking to me. Through that guy, he said, I don't know if that was an angel or what. He said, but it spoke to me. And so here, Russ is progressively getting better. And so right before I had a phone call, that phone call from Rusty, I had a lady in our church who, they're out of town this weekend, who called me and said, hey, Pastor Mike, I just wanted to tell you. She goes, I know sometimes all you hear is the negative, it seems like. She goes, I just wanted to tell you, you know, a few weeks ago, three weeks ago, the day that she called me, her husband, Tony, uh, Tony Trammell, had a, uh, had a widow-maker heart attack. And it's called a widowmaker for a reason, right? And so anyway, the fact that that guy is still alive is a miracle. And so the doctors had told them that. And she said, I just wanted to tell you, she goes, we went to physical therapy today. Whenever he got in there, everybody was like, are you sure, you know, this is you that we're talking about here? Because you look like you're in way better shape and, you know, and all this going on. And just saying, I, I'm not sure that the paperwork shows the same person that we're looking at. And said, we're going to have to change your therapy. She said, I just want you to know. This miracle is still a miracle in the eyes of the physical therapist. So she tells me that. And so two seconds after I hang up with her, Rusty calls me to tell me about what happened in, in, you know, with, with Russ. And I'm sitting there going, I'm preparing this message here. You know what I'm saying? And I'm, and I'm going, you know, God, your hand is at work all around us. And so I'm not one where I believe that God has stopped doing miracles. You hear what I'm saying? And so I believe that God is still doing those things. I, still that, I feel that God's word is clear that there is order to those things. And there's a reason for those things. And it's always to build up the body of Christ. Not to ever draw attention to any one person. It is always to build up the body of Christ. It is always to point back towards Jesus. And, and so I'm just telling you there can be abuse on those things. So let's look at Hebrews. This is what I love. The word of God here. It says, for the word of God is alive and powerful it's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. So we have to look into God's Word. And let me just tell you, this, this passage here takes a lot of pressure off of me because a lot of times I feel like, you know, God, I just need you to give me a word for your people. God, I, I, I need a message. But let me tell you, when I read God's Word, you know what it does? It is a message for the church. And so whenever the Word of God goes out, it is powerful and effective, right? And, and so... I can't convince you guys to lead life groups, and I can't convince you guys to serve, and I can't convince you guys to do all these things. I try to, right? I try to encourage you to do those things. I try to get people to do all kinds of stuff for the body of Christ, but really I can't do that. But the Word of God never fails. It always goes out and accomplishes its task. The Spirit of God is the Spirit, it is the Spirit of God that draws men unto God, right? Now, God may use my gifts, and He may use my abilities, but I'm just telling you, it is all dependent upon God and His Word. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. That's what it does. When we read Scripture, it reads us. 
I'm talking about down to, to the core, dude. It knows everything. You can't lie to the word of God. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes. And he is the one to whom we are what? We are accountable. And so whenever I, you know, look at, you know, maybe how the gifts are handled, you know, I can't look and say, well, I like, I like this guy or I believe this person or I like this guy or I believe this person. I have to go back and say, you know, what does God's word say? What does God's word say about these things? And when Paul is writing to the churches, he's given instruction and even discipline to the churches. So it's not that, that it just stopped with the apostles, if you will, or with the canon, the canon of Scripture. Whenever the, the Bible was closed, you say, all right, no longer. We don't put God in a box. We have to say, God, what does your word say? And I'm just telling you, that's where we have to stay. We have to stay camped out there. So we believe in the sufficiency of Scripture. If God never reveals anything else through a spiritual gift, then here's saying we have enough through Scripture. God's word is it's powerful, it is effective. And too often what we do, don't do as believers is we don't put enough credit and enough validity, if you will, into God's word. We want to put it into emotions, right? And emotions are up and down and up and down. I mean, we can wake up on the wrong side of the bed. We didn't get enough sleep last night, we, you know, you can wake up a jerk, right? You know, and, and, and there's times whenever we don't get to eat, we get hangry, you know, and we're like, you know, that's emotions, man, we're everywhere. But the Word of God, man, it is the foundation that we should build our life on. And here's the thing. It's the blueprint that we should be building our life on. It's everything that, you know, and when it comes to spiritual gifts, everything should be there. So we believe in the sufficiency of Scripture that God's Word is enough. And, and I think I say that again right here. Scripture is enough. Scripture is enough. You might say, well, I need a fresh Word. It's right here. You know, I mean, we don't need a fresh Word. We may need to be reminded of what God's Word says, but God's Word is enough, Right? And we've got to go, you know what, God, your word is enough. God, every, last night we had an incredible opportunity with Dr. Uh, Kevin uh, Dickelman was here, and he was talking about Israel. And uh, we had a group of people, we were in the square last night, and he was kind of sharing all the different ways the Scripture in the Old Testament is pointing towards Jesus in the New Testament. And he was talking about Israel and, and so many things that, you know, this guy's brilliant. And he's talking about all these things. And he was talking about when you get to go to Israel, he said, what you'll do is, you'll begin to, when you read the scriptures, you go, you know what, I've been there, and it just takes on a whole new meaning. And so my goal is to one day go to Israel, and hopefully next year we'll be able to do that. But just to be able to experience that, but to hear him, hey, I stood on this mountaintop, and I looked out, and I saw this, and this city, and this valley, and I'm sitting there going, man, that's, that's, the, that's the Bible coming to life. You know what I'm saying? But it's the scripture. But everything in that Bible is pointing towards Jesus. It's pointing towards the kingdom of God. It's pointing to God's Messiah, you know, and so we go, you know what, Lord, thank you for Scripture. And so Scripture is enough. Scripture is our blueprint for everything, whether it's our marriage, whether it's our family, whether it's our job, whether it's our, you know, whatever it might be. Whether it's the church, Scripture is the blueprint. It's not some best-known best seller or whatever. You know, somebody's got a bestseller written right now. You know, oftentimes, man, we're constantly chasing whoever wrote the latest book. And we're going, to, hey, well, this is what they say. Well, this guy says this over here. Well, what does God's word say? You know, we have to look back. That's the blueprint. That's what we build our life on. That's what we, we focus on is the word of God. And so it is our, it's, our, it's our guide. The son of God is revealed through the word of God. And like I said last night, Dr. Kevin did a great job of pointing to these scriptures and talking about the Messiah and how it was pointing to Jesus. And every prophecy that we see in the Old Testament is pointing towards Jesus. He fulfilled every one of them, right? He, he fi fulfilled every single one of them. And so how awesome to know that God's word is pointing us in the right direction. So let's look at God's word again here. It says, and this is Paul again writing to the church uh, in Rome there. It says, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning, don't think you are better than you really are. Here, here goes pride again. So Paul is addressing pride in the church, right? 
because it creeps in. Satan, he fell out. Of, you know, he, he he got kicked out of heaven because of what? Because of pride. You know, and so it's it's his favorite tool. You know, to use with us. You know, you go back to the Garden of Eden. What did he use? Pride. Man, God's holding out on you. You know, and he uses that. And so here, Paul is saying, hey, listen, don't let pride creep in with these spiritual gifts. Hey, don't let pride get in the way of what God wants to do when it comes to building up the body of Christ. It says, be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. In other words, you know, he said, hey, listen, man, be honest in your evaluation. Man, I'm not there. I don't, I don't have it all figured out, and I don't have a whole lot to bring to the table, but God, what I do, I bring it to you. And God, I want to die to self, and I want to live for you. I want everything that I do to be for your glory, not for mine. And so just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. So we are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. So when we look around, if you guys would, just look around at each other. Look around, just kind of look to your left, look to your right. We all belong to each other. If we're believers, we're all part of the body of Christ. That's the church. It's the people, right? And, and so the pe- we belong to each other. And so scripture is telling us that we're to use our spiritual gifts to build up, to strengthen, to encourage one another, not to criticize, not to belittle, not to attack, not to gossip about, but to pray for, encourage, and affirm one another and to build one another up. So in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, then speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. And so God's word is pretty clear here. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. What is he saying? Give your gifts away. Use your gifts to help build up the body of Christ. Not just to say, I've got it, but to share it, to use it, to build up the body of Christ, to affirm one another, and and meant to strengthen one another. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection. And take delight in honoring each other. I mean, God, I mean, Paul is making it clear, man. He's saying, beat the pride back. Because oftentimes what we do is we, we'll, we'll, take, you know, we'll say, hey, well, I've got this gift. And all of a sudden, you know, I've got the gift of prophecy. Or I've got the gift of, of healing. Or I've got the gift of whatever. And we want to kind of put that on a pedestal. And that's not our job. We, you know, we, we just got to be willing to say, God, however you've gifted me, I want to use it for your glory and for your kingdom. I want to help build up the body of Christ. And so, God, thank you for trusting me with this. And, and so it's, it's a gift. So Paul is beating back that, that pride. Again, he says, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. So Paul, is, he's warning us. Hey, guys, don't do this. It's kind of like, hey, don't walk off that stage, Mike. Don't walk off that cliff there. He said, hey, listen, I'm warning you. Don't do this, man. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves and measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. And, and so he's clear there. So God has given us gifts by his grace and for his glory. Grace means that we don't what? We don't deserve it, and we haven't earned it. Grace is unmerited favor. So there's nothing I've done that merits me getting this gift, right? There's nothing that I can do. There's nothing that I can, you know, qualify for. I can remember years ago, you talk about the gift of tongues. Uh, Laurie went to a church when we were in college, and as soon as the service was over, the lady said, hey, come over here. I want to teach you how to teach, and I want to teach you how to speak in tongues. I'm just telling you, that's not of God. It's not of God. Because the gift comes from the Holy Spirit. It's by God's grace. You don't teach somebody how to do these things. You say, God, Holy Spirit will teach you or give you whatever that gift may be. And I'll just tell you guys, I don't have the gift of tongues. I mean, some of you guys may be wondering, I wonder if Mike speaks in tongues. I never have. You know, but I've asked for it. I've said, God, there's been times when I've been in Africa teaching. I'm like, Lord, would you give me the gift of tongues where these guys can understand me? 
because teaching through a translator is tough. You have to teach in a rhythm. You know, you have to say it. He has to say it. You go, I hope he said what I said. You know, and you kind of do that. And so it's a challenge, right? And so I go, God, I wish you would give me so that these guys could hear me in their own dialect. But God, it's not about me. And so there's times when God says, hey, listen, Mike, I've given you gifts. I've given you the ability to teach. I've given you the, the ability to, to shepherd. You know, I've given you gifts. You know, use those gifts that I've given you. And so I, I have to go, yeah, God, I'm good with whatever you give me. Now, I'll always ask, God, I want all that you have for me. And there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, I'm just telling you. And there's some that may have that gift. And I, I'm, I'm okay with that as long as it is building up the body of Christ. And it's not a, just a show. And it's not to take away from the kingdom of God, but to help build up the kingdom of God. Then I'm good with it. Because here's the thing. I have to trust God, right? There's things that are uncomfortable in the scriptures that I have to say, God, I trust you. You know, I, I, I trust you. I, I submit and surrender to you. And so, God, it's your church, not mine. And so we have to be willing to say, God, it's by your grace that we receive these things. It's not something we earn. It's not we can say, I really want that gift. We have to be okay with what we get. And so in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So God's giving you this ability, this gift to do things really well. And it's like you can, whenever you do it, man, God, people respond or the kingdom grows. And you got to be willing to say, yeah, God, thank you for allowing me to use this gift for your purposes and for your glory. And so we don't get to choose our gift. We've already covered that. So you don't get to choose it, right? Because oftentimes people say, well, I wish I had the gift of teaching. And I have people say that sometimes. Man, I wish I could teach like you. And I'm like, no, you need to do what God has gifted you to do, right? And, and, and so there's times I hear these people sing up here and I go, boy, I wish I could sing like them. I don't consider that a spiritual gift. I consider that a talent and an ability that God's given them. I can't be envious of that. But I hear things, I can't appreciate it. And I can, man, I can revel in it when I'm out there going like, you know, that is awesome, man. They just did such an incredible job on that song. And you watch them worship. It causes me to worship the God of the universe, right? And so we don't choose our gift. We should never value one gift over another. So you can't say, hey, I'm going to, I want this gift because that seems to be a really important gift. They're all important. And, sh- and we're going to unpack this as we move through these passages over the next couple of weeks. But let me just say this. God makes it clear that some of the gifts that we hide or that, you know, that are, hit are the most important gifts. And it talks about how the body works together. And so we should ask God to reveal to us our gift that we might strengthen the body of Christ, his church. So that's, that is really my prayer for you guys today, that you're going to go, God, I want you to teach me, and I want you to reveal to me, and I want to understand my spiritual gifts so that I can help build up the body of Christ. I can help build up the church. Because we're in a day and an age where I think most of us can look around and say, you know what, man, it looks like the church is losing the battle. But we're not, I'm telling you. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church. I don't care what the media says, and I don't care what all the writers out there that are writing articles are saying that the church is going down. I'm telling you, God's already said that it won't, right? But we have got to be willing to say, God, help us to use our gifts to help build up the body of Christ and help us to be engaged and involved in your kingdom. Not just spectators sitting on the sidelines. But we're saying, God, I want to be involved in this. I want to be engaged in this. And so the end of... This is Peter, 1 Peter writing. Listen to what he says. The end of the world is coming soon. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. You might say, well, that was written thousands of years ago. And he said the end of, of time was coming. You know, a thousand years is as a day unto the Lord, right? God, God knows whenever everything will end. We just have to be obedient until he handles all the details. So therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. For love covers a multitude of sins. Loving each other, right? Loving each other, affirming each other, building each other up, strengthening one another. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. Does that sound like that happens much in this day and age? That last verse, verse 9 there? Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. Peter's telling the church that. 
What if I said, hey guys, I want y'all to open up your home to some people that don't have anywhere to stay and don't have anything to eat. Like the guy that's down on the street corner, why don't you go pick him up and give him a ride and, and you know, just say, hey, listen, why don't you come stay at my house tonight? We would be like, man, that's uncomfortable. And I don't know if that's safe, Mike. You know, but here's what I'm saying is there are things that God's Word tells us to do that we go, makes me a little uncomfortable. Makes me wonder. Makes me dig into God's Word. Makes me seek the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Look what he says here in verse 10. He says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to what? To serve one another. He doesn't say use them well for yourself. Use them to draw attention to yourself. But use them to serve one another. And therefore building up the body of Christ. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. Now I love that statement right there by Peter. He said, man, whatever you do, do it for the glory of Jesus. Man, point towards Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Make much of Jesus with your life, with your gifts, with your abilities, with your talents, with everything that you got. Make much of Jesus. You know, point to him in everything that you do. So here's some, here's some next steps I think that all of us could, could live by this week and maybe apply. Is spend time in God's word this week. That's the foundation. You know, you know don't, don't get caught up, hey, I, I'm going to go read this. No, read the book. And say, God, I want you to speak to me through your word. God, I want you to show. Go back and read some of the passages that we read today. God said, God, I want to understand spiritual gifts. God, I want to understand what your word says. Not what I think, not even what I feel, because my feelings are everywhere. But God, I want to know the truth. I want to know your word. Here's another one. Ask God to take away any fear of spiritual gifts. There's some of us in this room that we, because maybe like me, you grew up in a certain, you know, background. You go, you know what, man, I'm afraid of that. Don't be afraid of God. It's a spiritual gift from God, and we're afraid of it. We ought to go, you know, God, I want all that you have for me. God, I know that you're, you have my best interest in mind more than I do. God, you want what is best for me. You want to bless me. You want to you take care of me. You have purchased me. And so, God, I want all that you have for me, not to fear it. And here's another, be willing to use your gift to strengthen believers around you. And so maybe today we go ahead and make the decision, say, you know what, God, I know what my spiritual gift is. And I'm going to use it to build up the body of Christ. I'm going to use it to encourage and affirm those around me. Maybe you're here today and you've never put your faith in Christ for salvation. Let me just say this. You don't have a spiritual gift yet. If you've never put your faith in Jesus for salvation, if you've never been saved, you've never surrendered your life to Christ, I'm just telling you, you don't have a spiritual gift. You might say, well, Mike, I thought you said everybody, everybody that's a believer does. And here's the other thing, you don't have salvation. If you've never put your faith in Christ, if you've never surrendered your life, if you haven't put all your faith in what Jesus did on the cross, believing that he died for you, that he bled out his precious blood to wash away your sins, and you don't believe that, I'm just telling you, you're lost. And you're not saved. You're not a part of the body of Christ, and you're not, you're not a part of the church. You might say, well, I'm sitting in here, but I'm just telling you, you're on the outside looking in. I, I was there one day. I was on the outside looking in. I remember going to church. I would sit in church. There was things that I didn't understand about church. And then after I prayed to receive Christ, I realized why I didn't understand because I didn't have the Spirit of God living within me. I didn't have the Holy Spirit guiding me. I didn't have the Holy Spirit teaching me. I didn't have the Holy Spirit counseling me. And I'm just telling you, if you're here today and you've never put your faith in Christ, that is the most important decision. Most important decision you can make is to say, Jesus, 
I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. I believe that you were resurrected by the power of God, by the Spirit of God. And I believe that you, you have literally defeated death. You defeated hell. You defeated sin. You defeated the grave. And I believe with all of my heart, with all the faith that I've got, that you are the only way to the Father. And today, Jesus, I choose you. I choose you. He chose you long ago. But today, you can choose him. I want to ask you just to bow your heads and close your eyes. And just say, Jesus, maybe you're here. You've never put your faith in God. Say, Jesus, I choose you. Jesus, I'm asking you to come into my life. Jesus, I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins, and they are many. Jesus, I'm asking you to be my leader, my Lord, my Savior. And Jesus' answer is yes. Yes. And he wants to step into your life. He wants, to, he wants to forgive you of your sins. He wants to fill you with his spirit. And he wants to literally adopt you into his family. And therefore, you become a part of the body of Christ, the church. So if you, if you just prayed that prayer, if you just said, hey, Jesus, I want you to come into my life. With all the faith that I have, Jesus, I'm asking you to come in. Will you come in and will you save me? Will you change me? If you just prayed that, would you just raise your hand and say, Mike, I just prayed that prayer. Anybody in the room, just raise your hand. I see your hand right there, brother. Anybody else? Raise, raise it high, just so I can see. God already sees your heart. He already knows everything that you've done. But man, welcome to the family of God. Welcome to the family of God. I love it. Don't you love it? Church, don't you love it when one prays to receive Christ? Because all of heaven rejoices. All of heaven rejoices. There's some of you that I'm just telling you, you're not using your gifts. And there's some people in this room that I feel like probably need to repent of some things. And so the worship team is going to come. They're going to lead us in a song of response. And the altar is here. The prayer team will be here. They'll be here to pray with you. But some of you aren't using your gifts to help build up the body of Christ, and you know it. Some of you guys are, are not using your abilities at all, nor your gifts. And God is saying, hey, listen, it's time to step up and build up this church, build up the body of Christ. And he's calling you to repentance. He's calling you to brokenness over that. So as the worship team leads us, I want you guys just to respond as the Holy Spirit leads. Trust Him. Trust Him. Trust Him. And then let's walk out of here using our gifts for His kingdom. Everybody stand if you would. Father, we just ask that you would fill this, your spirit. Fill, fill this place with your spirit right now. God, draw us near. And God, I pray that as anybody here responds, God, they would, they would trust you completely. Father, draw us in. Breathe your life into us. In Jesus' name.